0: CHAPTER ONE The day dawned as it had for the past ten weeks. Early morning temperatures in the low eighties, a brilliant, cloudless sky, and a continuing drought. The earth that had been rich Mississippi Delta topsoil was bone dry. Water in small brooks and streams had evaporated, revealing their cracked beds, and the once green shoots from spring plantings lay on the parched ground in seared repose the populace of the region looked to the heavens and prayed. The citizenry of Hillsborough, Mississippi, was no exception. They, too, prayed for rain. But for the first time in more than two months, they had Johnny Mack, the undertaker, who told Reverend Wingate, the pastor of Mount Nebo Baptist Church, who in turn informed Deacon Enright that Dr. Harry and Alicia Nichols' daughter, Dana, had returned to Hillsborough to bury her maternal grandmother. Two decades ago, George Sutton had taken her granddaughter north to live with her sister, following the tragic deaths of Dana's parents. Even now, 22 years later, long-time residents still whispered about how Harry Nichols had murdered his young, beautiful wife, and hours after he'd claimed he'd discovered her lifeless body had set fire to his home to cover up the evidence of his heinous transgression. He'd been found guilty of the crime and sentenced to a term of life in prison. Harry's scandalous criminal act was compounded when he subsequently took his own life. His suicide had coincided with his daughter's 11th birthday. A stoop-shouldered figure stood off to the side in Hillsborough's colored-only cemetery, waiting. Eugene Payton watched Dana Nichols as she stood at a freshly covered grave, head bowed, hands clasping a single rose, and her lips moving silently. He and Dana were not alone in the cemetery. A few of Hillsborough's curious non-believers and gossip had come with the pretense of placing flowers or saying prayers at the graves of their deceased family members. Eugene was certain that many were as shocked as he was when he saw Dana Alicia Nichols for the first time in more than twenty years. Her resemblance to her late mother was uncanny, Only those who had viewed Alicia up close would have noticed the minute difference in the two women. Dana had a tiny mole high on her right cheekbone. Not only did Dana look exactly like her murdered mother, but she also inherited the woman's sultry voice. The only difference was their speech patterns. Alicia had spoken with the slow cadence that come from spending all her life in the Deep South, while Dana had the flatter, more nasal inflection of upstate New York. Despite his age and declining eyesight, he'd recognized her immediately when she came through the arrival gate at the Greenville Municipal Airport. She hadn't flown to Mississippi with a carry-on and garment bag, but with a large Pullman case and two other smaller pieces of luggage. As soon as he spied her coming toward him, Eugene knew Dana hadn't come back to Hillsborough, Mississippi to stay a week. She had come to stay a while. She subsequently told him that she'd planned to remain in Hillsborough as long as it took for her to discover the truth behind her parents' long-ago murder-suicide and, at last, clear her family's name. Dana finished all of the prayers she'd been taught as a child. She opened her eyes behind the lenses of her sunglasses. Her grandmother would have been proud that she hadn't forgotten the prayers she had taught her. It wasn't that Georgia Sutton was an overly religious woman, because she wasn't. She'd informed her granddaughter, however, that she was a spiritual person. Georgia had stopped attending services at Hillsborough's Mount Nebo Baptist Church because the church elders had debated for two days whether they would grant Georgia permission to have Alicia's funeral at the church, which had prompted the older woman to have a graveside-only observance. Generations of Hillsborough Suttons had attended the historic church, but the tradition had ended with Georgia. She preferred staying home Sunday mornings, listening to church services on her radio, or viewing them on television. No one ever heard her speak a disparaging word about Mount Nebo or its pastor. It was as if she'd forgotten their existence. Bending at the knees, Dana placed the single rose on Georgia Rose Sutton's grave. Georgia's name had been carved into a headstone years before, but now a recent date had been added. Arrangements were made before Dana was born that Georgia would be buried in the same place.